0: Welcome to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. Umbreen Khan is away this week, and I am your guest host, Kimberly Winston. This week, we're looking at some of the religion stories behind the headlines of recent national news. Emily McFarlane Miller is a national correspondent for Religion News Service, where she covers mainline Protestants and Native American spirituality. She's been following the developments of investigations into abuses at residential boarding schools run by the governments of Canada and the United States. Many of the abuses she's written about are criminal, including the 2021 discovery of at least 200 unmarked graves of First Nations children at a residential school in British Columbia. This week, Pope Francis embarked on a cross-Canada trip he called a pilgrimage of penance to apologize for the Catholic Church's role in running many of these Canadian schools. Recently, the United States Department of the Interior, under the direction of its first ever Native American secretary, announced the first finding of its own investigation into its church-run boarding schools for Native Americans. As Emily wrote in a recent story, the scope of the Canadian abuses is bad, but it may be worse in the U.S., where there were many more such schools. Before we hear from Emily, a few definitions. Canadians call their institutions residential schools, while Americans call ours boarding schools. And while we call our Indigenous peoples Native Americans, Canadians use the terms First Nation, Inuit, and Metis. Emily Miller, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much. Emily, you've been covering stories about Indigenous people and religion in the U.S. and Canada for how long?
1: Mm, uh, I've been with RNS about five or six years now. So uh, as long as I've been at RNS. So tell us about... Um,
0: The story that involves the Canadian residential schools that Mm -hmm. they sent their Indigenous folks to, Mm -hmm. uh, what did they uncover? Mm -hmm.
1: So many of your listeners probably have heard about the confirmation last summer of hundreds of Indigenous children's remains that were uh, buried near former residential schools in Canada. Um, This was horrifying and shocking. uh, But for many people, especially for former students or survivors of those schools, I don't think it was surprising um canada's truth and reconciliation commission released its final report on the history and legacy of the country's residential school system in 2015 and this came after thousands of lawsuits by survivors bringing their experiences to light Um, The commission reported that these schools were created for the purpose of separating First Nations, Métis, and Inuit children from their families and cultures and indoctrinating them into what it calls, quote, dominant Euro-Christian Canadian society. Uh, Between 1883 and as recent as 1996, more than 150,000 students attended uh, 139 residential schools in Canada, and as many as 60% of those schools were run by the Catholic Church. Uh, the, the commission also uh, had documented the deaths of more than 6,000 students as a result of those schools, um, and they warned at the time that, that there there likely were more.
0: And they found more, didn't they? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, last summer. And d- so tell me what happened last summer.
1: Um, there were several groups across Canada that um, some had used ground-penetrating equipment, Um And they discovered the remains or indications of unmarked graves uh, near a number of schools. And I believe at last count, there were more than a more than a a thousand remains of Indigenous children um, suspected around these schools.
0: So as I'm talking to you today, Mm -hmm. uh, Pope Francis uh, has arrived in Canada for a Mm -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. And as part of this week's plans is he was going to meet with groups of indigenous people. Pope Francis today issued a long-awaited apology to Canada's indigenous people for decades of cultural genocide. The Pope called the abuse indigenous children suffered at schools run by Catholic missionaries, quote, catastrophic.
1: He's referred to this as a penitential pilgrimage um, to apologize to um, the indigenous peoples of Canada for the church's role uh, in these schools. Uh, One of the things that Canada's Truth and Reconciliation Commission did was they issued 94 calls to action. Uh, There were a number of calls to the government, and one of those was for the Pope to come to Canada uh, and issue an apology there. Uh, I believe a number of indigenous people and a delegation that had gone to the Vatican um, earlier this year also extended that invitation to the Pope.
0: Mm. One of the most chilling things you said, the United States had uh, similar boarding schools, Mm -hmm. but three times as many.
1: Yeah. And that was, that was a larger number than the U.S. had had known. The U.S. is really just now beginning sort of similar work and uncovering this history and legacy of uh, the federal Indian boarding school system here in the U.S.
0: You did a story about the United States, the Department of the Interior, which oversees the Bureau of Indian Affairs, the branch of the government that ran these uh, boarding schools, Correct. and they issued a report just recently in May. Tell mm-hmm. me what their report said about the involvement of uh, religious denominations in running these boarding schools.
1: Right. So last summer, the Secretary of the Interior, Deb Holland, announced the creation of the Federal Indian Boarding School Initiative. And this was the first volume of their report investigating the the boarding school system here in the U.S. This is the first ever inventory of federally operated boarding schools here in the U.S. Uh, And by its count, the United States operated Uh, 408 boarding schools for indigenous children across 37 states or then territories between the years 1819 and 1969, particularly pertaining to religious involvement. Half of the schools in the U.S., they say, likely were supported by religious institutions. And this report also quotes from previous documents uh, that describe, quote, an unprecedented delegation of power by the federal government to church bodies.
0: Now, give us an idea of who was sent to these boarding schools, Mm. how they were sent, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and what happened there. Mm -hmm.
1: In Canada, I know uh, they've documented children as young as three attending these schools. And in the U.S. report, I want to say they phrase it as a a twin policy of assimilating indigenous children into the dominant society and also um, seizing more land um, belonging to indigenous people in the U S the schools did provide some education. Uh, There's a lot of vocational training, but there's also documented a lot of abuses, physical abuses, emotional abuses, um, some sexual abuses. Uh, And, um, A number of things just separating these children, not only from their families, but also their cultures. They weren't allowed to um, speak their native languages. Their uh, hair was cut. Their traditional clothing was replaced with more European-American style clothing. Um, Their names might have been changed to more uh, European-American sounding names.
0: Also, part of it, especially in the the church run schools, was to... I guess the word is indoctrinate them into Christianity. Am I correct?
1: Uh, I think, yeah, I think religion, you know, Christianity uh, was seen as a part of that dominant society that, you know, along with, um, you know, European sounding names, European appearing uh, clothing, European ways of life, um, you know, Christianity was seen as a part of that.
0: Now, some U.S. religious denominations are beginning to examine their role in Native American boarding schools. Um, I know the Episcopalians have, the Methodists have. Uh, Who else has? What are they discovering?
1: They're just beginning this work. The Episcopalians just approved um, at their denominational meeting earlier this month, a fact-finding commission to look into, um, you know, what sort of records they had regarding um, schools uh, that the Episcopal church may have uh, run or operated or supported. Um, A number of denominations also um, have pledged their support for uh, legislation for the U.S. to establish a truth and healing Commission, like the Truth and Reconciliation Commission that uh, Canada had, um, a number of these denominations uh, issued repudiations for the doctrine of discovery, um, hmm. and a number of them see this as uh, a throughline from the doctrine of discovery to these schools. Um, and what
0: what is the doctrine of discovery? Explain that for our listeners who may not know.
1: This is the theological justification for the European explorers coming to the U S to be able to claim lands already belonging to other peoples as their own in, I want to say about 2009, a number of denominations, uh, you know, responded to calls from indigenous peoples here in the U S to repudiate this and, um, to follow those words with actions. And so, Mm. um, the United Methodist Church issued an entire report researching their role in um, the Sand Creek Massacre. And so I think uh, a, lot of these, a lot of these denominations now are um, doing similar work uh, with the boarding schools as well and what role they played in that. Tell me
0: about the Secretary of the Interior, Deb mm-hmm. Holland. Mm-hmm. What has been the impact of having a Native American as Secretary of the Interior?
1: So, Secretary Holland is a member of the Pueblo of Laguna and the first Native American to serve as a cabinet secretary. Um, and this is a great question that I would love to put to leaders of indigenous nations across the United States. But I think, I mean, to me, one big impact is the creation of this federal Indian boarding school initiative. Um, and she just made the first stop on a nationwide listening tour to give boarding school survivors and their descendants platform to share their stories. This is really similar to what Canada did um, with its Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Uh, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see um, if the U.S. follows uh, along the same, the same lines, doing the same things that uh, Canada has done. From
0: your position as someone who covers Native American spirituality, how important do you think it is to the healing process for Native Americans in this country, First Nations people in Canada, to have these religious denominations examine their role in these or these schools and apologize for their role in trying to eradicate these cultures? Is there real healing benefit to come out of this?
1: A theme that has emerged as I've put this question to um, people that I've interviewed is that telling the truth is an important first step on the road to healing. Um, so being able to uncover the records that exist, being able to tell these stories and hear these stories, um, being able to share what it is that happened, um, is the first step on a long journey toward healing, um, and toward, um, conciliation or reconciliation.
0: hmm so, Emily, last fall, you attended uh, a service in a Catholic church in Chicago, where you're based, um, that was for the Day of Remembrance that um, Canadians were observing for children who had been in the schools there. What do you think the impact of Any of these denominational reports, any denominational apologies, any denominational um, acknowledgement of their role in what has been described as a genocide, what kind of impact do you think that that will have just on the average uh, Presbyterian, the average Methodist, the average Lutheran, the average Catholic in the pew whose churches were involved in those schools?
1: I think certainly it's a deeper knowledge and awareness of this huge part of U S history. One of the leaders that I spoke to at that service, she said, you know, it's important. This was the service was important because she said, native people can't heal if nobody knows the truth. And, uh, People were surprised by the confirmations of these unmarked graves last summer. People are surprised to learn about this history um, of boarding schools here in the U.S. Um, And so I think one big thing that may come from this is just more people becoming aware of this part of U.S. history. Hopefully this is the first step toward healing for a number of indigenous people in the U.S.,
0: That was Emily McFarlane Miller, a national correspondent for Religion News Service. You can find her stories about the involvement of religious groups in Native American boarding schools at www.religionnews.com, and we'll link to them on our website, www.interfaithradio.org. When we come back, we'll look at an ancient faith staging a comeback from dwindling numbers. Stay with us.